Excited to be here with Matthew Brackett today. I call him, I can call him Chaplain, Mr. Lieutenant. What other titles can we have for you? Coach, friend, father. Father. <laughs> Very good. Well, Matthew, we're here to talk about a pretty serious subject. I know it gets in the news, but you've been very much in the midst of high-pressure situations, Navy, Marine Corps, as a chaplain, dealing with people. Of course, this is life or death. We've seen that in the wars and the battles and the, you know, but even perhaps more so the internal battles that people are going through um, in the military and as a microcosm of society, suicides are up. Uh, I don't like to talk about difficult things because I'd rather talk about happy news and so on, but I think the good news from hopefully this, this podcast is some of the observations you've been able to make the comeback that people can be on when there is that thought of taking your own life. Let's just go straight into it. Talk about suicide. You've got a publication coming out. I think not. it's not an academic journal publication, which I know all of your certifications you could do. It's coming out in September. Tell us about that, but tell us about why this subject's near and dear to your heart. It's near and dear to my heart for because of people that I've dealt with. And because in my own life, there were moments when, and I, this is the way I explain the, the extremes of this thought of, of life, there were moments in my life when I did not want to be alive. And when I look at it on the spectrum, there is, there's feelings, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, is I wish I was not alive right now. Another thought on the other extreme of the spectrum is I don't want to be alive and I'm going to do something about it. Right? I have a plan. Mm. Okay, so when I speak with people, I highlight that spectrum at the beginning to say, where are you on this? Okay, because it's very natural for because of whatever we're going through, that we just, because of the pain we talked about in another podcast, the pain that we don't want to sit in, we're like, I just, I don't want to sit in this pain, so I wish I wasn't alive right now. But it's a very different thing when I say, I wish I wasn't alive right now, and I'm going to do something about it. In the first pain, which I wish I wasn't alive right now, and, and I don't want to stay in this pain. How normal is that for that thought to just come up in your brain as you go through life? I mean, is that completely uncommon? Should people feel like, oh, uh -oh. No, I think just it's that a, alone? I think that's common. And I, and I wrote a poem. Hopefully, I'll share a poem with you later on about about what I call the tear of a marine. But all the different instances in life. You know, when we feel stuck, when we don't have clarity about our future when a relationship falls apart and when your career looks like it could be ending or hitting a, a detour or a roadblock or a dead end is a big word I like to use. Mm -hmm. Stuck in dead end. It's a very hard place for us to be as human beings because those are all places where we don't feel hope, where we don't see hope. Um, this can occur at any age, any right? Age, any age. Right, and could be a younger person, could be school, established right? executive. Does it matter? Is Does it, it matter? It's all these right? feelings aren't re, a respecter of age or no. class. Or and when I get, you know, in the military, for example, when I get a staff NCO who, who looks at a young Marine who who just had their first breakup in life, you know, from from an older point of view, you're like, oh, well, you're going to find <laughs> someone else. 
but that person is going through their first breakup. That's all they know. So it's very acute. So it's acute. It's a, it's a big deal. So we can't underplay it, right? Or just kind of pretend hey, you'll, you'll get better. You know, suck it up or, or um, you know, get more. Right, the old brain. school Marine right. Corps, yeah. Like, so it's, uh, that, that doesn't work because what that person is going through is real to them. That they don't, you know, and because it's so, it's so deep for them right now, it's so intense, it doesn't allow them to see, you know, on the other side of that wall. And what, what I would call the dead end. And I think our, our job in helping each other is to piece, take that dead end away, that wall, take it away piece by piece and see, hey, there, there's so much more on the other side. There's so much more on the other side. So there's different, all the different sort of scenarios that can lead to that. I wish I wasn't alive right now. Right? There's a few other aspects that come into play. I think when I look at suicide, is that we're in a society because of social media and everything, where we talk a lot more about it. Now I'm going, to, I'm going to say something that maybe people won't agree with, but just to draw an example. In the '60s, there was the sexual revolution, right? This sort of liber liberation of sexuality. You know, and we didn't talk a lot about that before, right? So it's sort of like this taboo. Right, and then once you once we took the sacredness in a certain way out of the sexuality, it became there was a po very positive side to that because people it began to talk about it and deal with it a lot more and be in a in a healthy way. But it also we took away the sacredness about it, and I think in a you know servati servandis in a certain way that the the with suicide. There's a sacredness about the topic, which was taboo, for, you know, so we didn't talk about it. But now mm -hmm. we talk about it so much that I think we've taken away that, the sacredness about it. And so now it's almost, with younger people, it's become, with younger ages, it's a fad. It's a style. It's in style to say, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to take my life. I don't want to be alive. It's almost like because, built into the culture. Right. To, to Because it looks cool. It can sound, it's a way to get attention, right? But, but now you're like, well... But now it doesn't mean what it used to mean, right? And so people might not play, they don't read the cues properly. So we're not, and, and if we're a little bit older than that generation that maybe has, it's more in the lexicon, which it is. Right. How are you, how do you read someone who might be on that scale that they're going to do it's something very, about it's, it? It's, so it's, that, that's part of the confusion, isn't it? It's very hard to read, right? And that's, you know, when, when anyone who's dealt with a suicide, you know, what they call survivor's guilt, you have, a real suicide, like that. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, everyone that's like, um, that they didn't, they didn't see it. They, no one put all the pieces together, right? You had maybe a little piece of the puzzle here, and then someone else had another piece of the puzzle, but only after the fact you look back on it and say, "Oh, look at oh all these. Why didn't we? Yeah. You know, we didn't. We weren't paying. But how did you know? How you didn't know? And I'm going to say something a little bit harsh, but." In my experience, someone who wants to take their life are usually the best ones at keeping their cards very close to their chest. Okay. That really seems to have a plan and wants to do yes. it. Or they're not going to share it with anybody. They're going <sighs> to. And I think if you look at a lot of stories, it's um it's someone who was seemed like they were living a perfect day, perfect life, at least at that moment, and within a few hours they had taken their life, and then everyone's left. With so many questions, that's the tragedy about it, is everyone's left with questions and the only one that had the answers is no longer there to provide mm -hmm. the answers. And then there's, then everyone examines their life, their conscience and everything that played, you know, and they go back over that, that track that they, and, they, and they realize, why didn't I do this? So the, what I call survivor's guilt, right? Mm. So it's, 
I just think people who are intent on now, but we just need to pay attention, right? There's a lot of different flags that we can pay attention to. Right now, I remember a young Marine that that um, that we had that took that took his life, and he was just in you know he was in a very difficult situation, a legal situation, and all. That. So it's it's hard when when people are going through when people are going through extra stress, added stuff that we need things to pay that attention. we can see. Right, we need to pay attention to that, right? Because that's affecting their life, right? Whether it be relationship stuff, whether it be career stuff, you know, when our life looks like it's not going in the direction that we wanted it to, that's something we want to pay attention to, right? Even sometimes that we could say, as you said, the one person who's lost a relationship, that's a big deal and acute to them. For us, it might be, there's more fish in the ocean. There, We've got some cliches. We've got some things we tell ourselves to get over it. But what are some of the signs that you've seen where you, you and maybe some of your other peers have been able to catch counsel and get people, maybe on the younger side, maybe on the Marine side? What, what are some things that might help us? Well, things that I've seen. Whether we're in the Marine Corps or not. Know, it's just really, and I don't think it's about Marine Corps or not. It's, sure. I've, I deal with 18, 19-year-olds, right, mm -hmm. who are just dealing with life. Right? And this, does, this can happen in the setting of a military setting or in a church setting or it can happen just in the school and the university setting. Work. Is, um, and I, have to, I give a lot of credit to their mentors because when a mentor sees something and they would call me and they say, hey, can you engage with this person? There's a lot to be said for that engagement, okay? Because it's usually it's someone who didn't want to talk to me. But at the end of that conversation, their outlook on life, and it's not really because of what I did, but it's just having that space, their outlook on life is very different. Right? The cloud has been lifted. They begin to see meaning and purpose, which for human beings is so important. Because whatever they went through, it shadowed, it threw meaning and purpose into a, into a shadow, into darkness, and so they didn't see it. So to to engage and help them. Now usually, you know, family and you gotta find the right person to be able to do that. Okay, but um but that's usually usually just takes a really good of intentional, meaningful engagement with a person, an honest conversation, and not being judgmental or you know, you shouldn't be feeling like you know, all that stuff that we can sometimes say to people. Now the reality is that this person is in this situation. Right? And everyone approaches situations from their own personality and, and psychological makeup so there really has to be no judgment around that we've got to take someone where from where they're at with a lot of support and understanding and just have a nice honest conversation and uh, allow them but also support them in lifting the clouds to see that hey there's a bigger picture here right this isn't this isn't the end right and it's not even worth worth it being the end right there's a lot there's a lot of possibilities here and that answer your question? It does answer it. And also, I think just being more aware and sensitive to the, to the culture, being real about it, like I think you started with, said it might be controversial. I think it's great to, to bring that up. But talk about, for a moment, the importance of mentorship, uh, uh, relationships of people around you. But also, I think we've talked about before, the importance of maybe someone like who's a third party, who's more objective, more at distance, that can bring a perspective sometimes to someone who is on tilt, if you would say, or, or maybe is talking about it or might talk about it to, we're hoping not the planning side of a suicide. How important it is to have maybe a, even a third party right. objective lift the veil a little bit. Yes, so as you said, relationships are so important, right? To have, um, 
There's a lot of loneliness. You know, when we're sitting stuck at a dead end, there's, that's a place of a lot of loneliness, right? And people nowadays, because we can feel so connected, artificially connected in so many ways, but in the end, sitting at home, feeling alone, right? And so relationships, I, can, I cannot speak enough about just social connections, real relationships. And then mentorships, having someone that you can trust, that you look up to, right, to provide that. Then there's, as you said, there's this third party, and, and I think that's so, because I think there's a safety that all of us can, while it's, there's an awkwardness, because a lot of people that came to speak to me, it was the first time that they spoke to someone about, the, who, the, who they didn't know, about something so deep. And I'm not talking just about suicide, I'm talking about whatever, whatever they went through in their life, right? Sure. A lot of them were bringing abuse from their, their past. It was mm-hmm. the first time they ever talked about it, and they were talking about it. To, to me, somebody they don't they even had know. Never, and they had yeah. never talked about anything personal to anyone before, right? So this is their first. But that's yeah. what, But there's a safety around that, hmm. around that space. And there's an ability for the person to be very honest with themselves. Because, as I said before, they're not worried about any other dynamics about that relationship. Because what connects us is what they brought to talk to me about. And then the other thing is that they know that I'm in their corner. That's really big. Do you do we have time to dig out the poem? Dig out the is that I think it might be in a place where you we might want to I might want to get to that. You did mention it, and we weren't going to bring it out just now. We might spend a little bit more time on that, but maybe see if we can dig that out a little bit. I I wanted to talk to you a, a bit too as we start to move into a little bit last part of the podcast, but um, what are some of the things as you see maybe a year past where, where you felt like people were in an acute situation, um, a young Marine, it, it, it could be someone personally that you know, where's their perspective a year or two later when they you felt like they were in a dark place? Where do people get to? What's the hopefulness of getting a perspective going through some counseling, getting some help, even if you have status and you're worried about your reputation. And where do people get to that's better? And where did you get to when you were feeling those signs and were really thinking, I don't want to be here anymore? All right, as we've shared, I think on another occasion I share with you, I just, it led me to a place of, of, of light, of hope, of, of broadening my horizons and of being much more at peace with myself. And of being able to look back and say, I am better because of that. Mm. Right? And it's, it's hard to think like that when you're going through it. But when you look back, you know, and I, I've worked with people who, you know, they rough situations. And, uh, you know, a few years later, they look back on it and they're content. right? And I remember a couple that I was working with that, you know, on the brink of just of a major breakup. And just, right, tragedy. This is like an established couple. Yeah, yeah okay. tragedy all over the place. And and you know I, just because of some intentional work and you know and being honest and and of being in, caring about the relationship two years later they look back and they're like look at us right? we're stronger because of it right? but it's very hard to to go through that you, know, you don't see that when you're in the pain no, no. <laughs> i mean it's easy to look back but i think sometimes if you even you look back a little bit on things that you've went through. I, I've had that perspective. What is with that? Why do we have such a perspective? 
later on where we can see maybe the plan or the order of things. And we, just in the moment, though, it seems such a crisis. It is. Well, it is. It is. And that's the, the, the greatness of the moment is how, what we choose, right? The power of our choice in those moments. It's, but when we look back, I think there's a sense of satisfaction and accomplishment as human beings. Anything we do. Even if it wasn't monetary, even right. if it wasn't if you climb a mountain, material at all. Right. You climb a mountain halfway up, you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. But you get to the top and you look back and you're like, oh, I'm so happy I did this, right? That I overcame those moments. If you look through people going through college, right? And there are probably moments when they just wanted to pull a plug in college, right? But they, at graduation, they look back, right? And people going through boot camp and they wanted to just, <laughs> right. right? They look back on that and they say, I'm so happy, you know? Because for us as human beings, accomplishment and fulfillment is just so important. And so in these bigger things in life as well, that we can then look back and say, it made us stronger, it made us better. Even that accomplishment is just going through the pain and the internal stuff, not even something overt. Mm -hmm. You can look back and go, hmm, I'm right. better, I'm stronger. And you said you personally have yes. felt that. I know, yeah, I can never say that I enjoyed going through it, and that will <laughs> Good. never change. Good. Right? <laughs> but that we can look back and say, I'm very satisfied or content or happy mm -hmm. or proud of the way I dealt with it. And I think that's, that's important for us as human beings. And you can help people be equipped to do that. And there are professionals out there that can help people be more equipped to do that. Do you have the poem? Sure, if you want to give a stab to. right now. Yeah, let's, let's So this it. is the, the little, you know, I've, I, as a, working with people, you see tears a lot, right? And it's very hard to cry in front of someone else. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to cry. With Especially when we're supposed to be so tough. Yes, when you're sharing a tear in front of someone else, there's a discomfort there, but I was, there's so much beauty because there's so much meaning in a tear. So when I was speaking to, to someone, I, you know, this, this tear came out and I said, you know what, I'm going to write a poem. Right? <laughs> and this, this is a poem called The Tear of a Marine, or if you want to call it the, the, the Drop That Changed Your World, however you want to call it. The tear of a marine is seldom seen. Far out of sight in the dark of the night, a timid tear will lean on the cheek of a marine. A tear is a language so refined that words cannot make up their mind. The body and spirit desire to express, and struggling words only say less. That timid tear says it all, as from your eye does fall. A chaplain is given the grace to sit in that sacred space, witnessing day after day the tear that words can't say. That powerful drop does speak. It is courageous. It isn't weak. A Marine trying to be strong, turning a tear into a song. Semper Fi Marine, when from your heart it leaks, that single drop a story speaks. It tells of what is meaningful to you, of what is sacred too what you lost. It tells of who you miss, who you lost, and who you no longer kiss. That tear tells of a roadblock, of feeling stuck. When inside your heart you scream, oh, the memories of war, the tragedies of that tour, the brothers and sisters fell beside me, the guilt and what ifs don't let me free. The visions of combat fill my head, the pain makes me wish I was dead. That tear says that life is heavy, home is crazy. I got NJP'd, my future looks hazy. My career is on the line. 
Before the core, I was fine. My baby was up all night crying, or maybe the recruiter may have been lying. My dad left and didn't want me. My mom walked away from me and family the day I held my dying brother, when a girl left me for another, when suicide took the life of my friend, or when that abuse never seemed to end. Missing family, friends, missing home, sitting here surrounded, but feeling alone. The tear of a marine, it's not often seen. In the dark of the night, far out of sight, a timid tear will lean on the cheek of a marine. Let the tear fall, marine, let it fall, let it express it all. That tear will open up your soul. The drop you lose will fill that hole. That tear will water the earth. The timid tear will give birth. And I assure you that what will come forth is better than who you were before and remind you of the hopes that are in store. Honor your tear. Have no fear. Courageously let it fall. Face your truths. Face them all. Commit to hear the meaning that a single tear is concealing. Care for your humanity, Marine, and your humanity will care for you and for your loved ones too. Better is our country and better is the core when you know what and who you live for. But more importantly, better are you when you to yourself are true to being the best human possible. That indeed is truly plausible. You will still wear green, look, marine, look mean, strong, and lean. You will forever be a United States Marine. Hoorah! <laughs> I mean, that is some strong stuff. I can hear <clears throat> the voices of the people who have spoken to you through that, mm. those words. Those are things that you've heard. Yes. It's... Wow. I think even the messaging, obviously, to me, is I was here in the Marine, but I was also saying this message is for all of us. We're a Marine in this poem, to me. Yes, it's for everyone. Everyone goes through. You could change the word Marine for anything else. Well, thank you for that. Tell us, um, I think I know why you wrote it, but just give us a little bit behind that, and we'll let that close out the podcast. I think it was, it That's was... very powerful. Thank you for that. Thank you, John. It was uh, there was a, it was a gesture of sort of gratitude that I wanted to show towards the Marine Corps, towards the Navy for allowing me to serve, to serve our people, and I think it, it encloses it summarizes sort of just what people go through, but it also there's a few nuggets of my own things that are very that are maybe wisdom or little things that are important to me. Right, I I have honor card commitment is a big deal for, mm -hmm. the, you know, for the Marine Corps for the Navy so. There's honor in there, or honor your tear, courageously let it fall, commit mm -hmm. to hear the mm -hmm. meaning. And then this phrase, care for your humanity, which is something that's, that, I, anyway, when, when we invest in, in our caring for ourselves, and it will pay off for ourselves and for those we love, right? And it will pay off for the organization you work with, whatever. It's, it's an investment that will pay off, right? Now, in ours, in our, in, whether it be in the military or in professionally, you know, in, the civilian sector, whatever it is, we're, we're expected and encouraged to professionally develop. It's not always so about our taking care of our humanity. Right? And oftentimes our humanity has to pay the price for professional development. Yes. 
Okay, and so care for your humanity, and your humanity will care for you and for your loved ones too. And I, that was born from a phrase in Latin that's, I won't say it in Latin, but in English, it's about take care of order. In order to take care of discipline and order in your life, and discipline and order will take care of you. Right, so that kind of, I found inspiration in that phrase to use that for, for humanity. And then the other one last thing about this is the tear and the way I would always speak, you know, because it's hard to, to cry. And so I said, you know, devil dog or, you know, ma'am, sir, whatever it is, whoever I'm talking to, your tear says a lot more than words can express. Your tear is saying something that means a lot to you. It's a bit of a surrender, isn't it? And I don't expect you to really put into words your tears. Matthew Brackett, till next time, thanks for another hopeful message. Thank you, John.